Blog Talk Radio.
we are back, and I just want to reiterate that the subject of the show is about a gentleman that has a radio station that, I mean, there's some A ratings about this radio station. But before we get all involved in all of that, I want to introduce you to the inside story behind my guest, Virgil Berry, all right? And I want y'all to give a great round of applause and all your cheers and everything and let him know that, you know, he is welcome. Here we go. Oh, it's quiet night, huh? Okay, well, let's get going. There you go. All right, all right. Woo! That's what it's all about, bringing home. Yeah. All right, all right. We got Virgil Berry on the line. Virgil, are you in? Are you when you hear all of yes, them talking? You hear all of y'all them clapping? Y'all hear everything. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, you know, uh, I want to welcome you here on to the show. Thank you for, you know, appearing to be a part of this special moment to get to know, you know, the founder and the CEO of Talk Media LLC. Yes. And, uh, I want you to know that um, it's a great honor to have you here, and um, I'm going to start by, you know, giving you an opportunity, you know, to talk to the audience about, you know, who you are, the man behind the stories on your podcast. And so, you know, I am going to ask you, uh, you know, a few questions and, you know, feel free how you feel you want to answer them, all right? No problem. Okay. Well, we're going to just jump right on in. And for all of you out there that is listening, you call in at this call-in number of 845-277-9302. If you want to have questions for Mr. Virgil Berry after you hear his, uh, his, uh, the story that makes him who he is today on his radio Oh, now, I am going to ask you to tell us about you. Tell us about you. Who is the man behind the stories created on your podcast? Tell me about you. What happened to you as a convicted felon that caused your change of positivity? But just tell us a little bit. Well, first of all, thank you once again. I'm, the honor is all, the pleasure is all mine for being a guest on the show tonight. Yes, you're more than welcome. Very welcome. Yeah, We're glad to have you. I just want to say that. Um, I'll give you a, a brief synopsis. Uh, you know, I grew up on the north side of Columbus, Ohio, a neighborhood called Agra Green, where I was exposed to a lot of stuff at a young age. It wasn't nothing too different than probably what a lot of guys like me were exposed to. But, you know, I just was exposed to a lot at a young age, and I got off in the street. For mm-hmm. a period of time of my life, from an adolescence to adulthood, and you know, and I end up finding myself, as a result of that, incarcerated. Now, I've been incarcerated yes. three times. I, I've been in prison three times. The first two times was like, it was like slaps on the wrist, and I was still a young man, so I was still involved in what I was doing. 
Yeah. But when I caught when I caught my last case and my last trip to prison, this mm-hmm. was for a stretch and you know, it kinda kinda sat me down and uh put my mind in a different uh thought process because I had just had my daughter you know, I, and I had got locked up for things I was involved with in the streets and I just yeah. knew uh, the kind of time that I had got sentenced to was six and a half years. I knew when I came home it was gonna be different and I couldn't be doing the same thing. So you know, I had a thought process already when I when I when I finally realized that I was going to be in jail and I was going to end up going to prison for a number of years. This was yeah. already in the process of me putting my mind in the mind frame. Of, okay, I got to figure out what I'm going to do while I'm in here. So when I come home, I could be, you know, be a better person, a better version of myself and have a new thought process and things I want to do because I know it's going to be different when I come home. Yeah. And actually, yeah. before I had got locked up, I was already into my research. I've been an avid researcher since I was a young guy, but the experiences that I had that after I had got locked up on this last time, you mm-hmm. know, um, especially involved with, with my case and what I was in there yeah. for and all the intricacies and all the little uh, other things that I end up finding out it just led me on the path to quest, start questioning a lot of things. But so yeah. the thing that uh, really, really, really sparked things off on my path uh, prior to me going to jail, you know, saying I was um, doing a lot of research into a lot of various different things. And this mm-hmm. is around the time when the social media, which is what I call social engineering, was just coming into play. This was like 2007, 2008. Yeah. When, when social media started really, really, like, getting really popular. And uh, this is... Um, also was coincided with a lot of my research I was already doing because a lot of things I was researching, people were talking about on social right. media, like, you know what I mean? And then, like, around 2009, like, right before I got locked up, a thing came out called YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, when I got exposed to YouTube, I'm like, wow, like, you know, <laughs> a lot of people here talking about a lot of stuff that, I be, that I've been researching for years already, so uh-huh. You know, it was like uh, at that kind of was like the spark that got the wheels going, and then you know I'm looking at at, at different content creators, and uh-huh. you know, and, and this is that you this is YouTube and its genesis. So when I was when I uh, had got locked up, and um, on this last case that I just did, you know, I was thinking to myself like, you know, because I I seen where YouTube I seen when YouTube first came on the scene. I knew, yeah. like, right then and there, from a business mindset anyway, I was like, oh, this is the way to going to be to get some money and be able to get this information out. But that's the that's the number one thing was to get the information out. So uh, I was already – and then at that point in time, it was, you know, YouTube, it was a lot of people in there doing what we would call or what people would call conspiracy research. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was a, when YouTube was in its genesis, it was a lot of information being put out. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. so you know that kind of like is what really, really got the wheels really moving right there. And then, like I said, when I had got locked up, the case that I was involved with, you know what I mean, it opened my eyes to a lot of uh, the way the legal system works and why right. I was okay. in jail. Right. Well, go ahead. Well, well, I was gonna, you know, tie that on there. So that's what gave you, you know, a real good reason of why you decided to create the radio podcast show that you have. What was the reason yeah. 
behind that. Well, we you're giving us, you know, uh, you know, uh, a sneak preview before I ask the question, but you know, I'm gonna ask it anyway. What was the reason, okay. you know, behind why you decided to do the podcast show? You know, based up off of where you were at the time, uh, you know, when you were uh, incarcerated. How did that come about? Right, right, right. And uh, it just came about because while I was incarcerated, now mind you, I was locked up for six and a half years. So, like I said, I told myself to add on to the knowledge I already got. I wanted to make sure I stay connected to the outside world. So I got yes. I got subscriptions to uh, popular science, popular mechanics, uh, National Geographic. Mm-hmm. I was uh, blessed enough to be where I was locked up for the most part of my time being locked up. I had access right. to the library. I just, I, it just everything was lined up because I had access to information that in any other prison I just would not have had access to. And so uh, what made me want to uh, do the podcast, like I said, I kept my ears to the streets and what's going on. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, due to my connections I had, you know what I'm saying, I had ended up requiring, procuring a cell phone. So I was still, look, I was on Google, I was watching YouTube. And, um, yeah. you know, what, what sparked me is while I was in, I was like, this would be a perfect way to get this knowledge out because I was starting what I was noticing as I'm watching, um, I'm what I noticed in like it's a lot of information that people just don't know. Then you know I watch the news. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the news. Like the news, the news is just not breaking down the story like how it. I ain't gonna say how it should be, but how it could be. And that let right. me know right then and there that that the lamestream, I call the lamestream media, was intentionally lying to us. And I felt like uh, with YouTube would be a, a perfect platform to um, okay. get this information okay. out. In a a way that the mainstream, mainstream media is is just not going to do. Okay, so what then? You know, getting to the other question that I wanted to ask is, what was the what was the false illusion that caused you to dissect those lies or those illusions to make the truths that you bring to your shows? What 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 was the what was it about those false illusions that caused you to dissect it to get to the truth? Well, like I said, when I was in the county jail, uh, going back and forth to court, one of my homies who was, um, all right, well, okay, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. When I was in the county jail with my case and going back and forth to court, I was um, seeing how the court system operates, and I was mm-hmm. seeing how it functions, and um at the time, I was doing research into, mm-hmm. or I just mm-hmm. happened to come upon the information of what corporate personhood is, the judicial system, what it really is, and what it really represents. And I started realizing how our whole court system is basically a, a system that's designed specifically to uh, turn us into basically uh, corporate entities. Uh-huh. Now, and the whole court system is a whole fraudulent system, right, that's designed to, like I say, turn us into corporate entities, have us under the jurisdiction of corporate personhood, under the disguise of being citizens in a country. Okay, and you want I want to ask you that, you know, I want to stop right there, and I want you to define what is 
to the to the public, you know, to the hearers here, you know. And if y'all got yeah. any questions as I bring them up, y'all, for y'all to do the questions and answers for this gentleman, Virgil Berry, calling at this calling number of 845-277-9302, 845-277-9302. Explain what is corporate entities corporate um uh what was the other word that you had said here something about um well corporate entities just just corporate corporate personhood yeah personhood that's it personhood explain that to the hearers here what is that what does that suggest okay corporate personhood is basically um turning people into corporate entities and corporate personhood is the um, set of statutes and regulations and codes that during reconstruction after slavery Mm -hmm. this was the system that was set up to keep slavery going on under a different system Mm -hmm. and corporate corporate personhood is what turned every human person or every human being, like I said, into a corporate entity by um, changing it from chattel slavery to corporate personhood or voluntary servitude. I'm sorry, is that also where corporate, when you talk about corporate entities, this is how you yeah. they get paid, you know, in pushing us out as product, if you understand what I'm saying. No, I know exactly what it is, and that's exactly what it is, too. It basically mm-hmm. turned all of us, like I said, when I say turn us into corporate entities, it turned us into human resources for mm-hmm. the corporation of the United States of America to produce money or energy for the system. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's and stop right there. Let's, right. let's just stop right there, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what we want to put out there, but we don't want to overshadow, you know, the right. the questions that I want to ask because there's a reason why we're doing it this way. But I had, when you spoke that, I needed to make sure that everybody was on the same page that understood what was corporate entity, the meaning of it, and corporate personhood, okay, and what it suggests. So then we go to the next question. You know what I'm saying? So when I said that, you know, you're, uh, you know, that that we're trying to understand what caused you to uh, deal with the false illusions that the media was uh, putting out there and the reason why you wanted to dissect the truth. Okay, then we're going to come down here and as as a father, as we know that you have a daughter, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but you wanted to, you know, uh, wanted to instill this kind of teaching into her and why? You know what I mean? Why did you want to do that now that you understand from your point of view what is, uh, you know, issues that surround uh, the reason why you come up with this, uh, sh- with your shows and how you got them set up and under wow. the thought process that you have them set up underneath, why did you want to teach her 
or instill this into your daughter. What and, and also you can add in there even as being a mentor to other young men behind this. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because of what you went through. Let uh, we, We'll give you about two minutes before I go on to break. Two to three minutes to okay. talk about it. We'll come back to it. But yeah. What's, tell us, tell us about that. No, no. Which one you want me to answer first? Because you asked me uh, like a couple first different. First your daughter. First your daughter. Then you know. Okay, okay, okay. We we'll just go right there. We'll right there. Okay. Well, my daughter, like I said, I stayed in contact with my daughter the whole time I was like, I think when my when I first got locked up, my daughter was like not even one. Uh-huh. So, thanks to her mother and my sister, they made sure that I had real good interaction with my daughter for the whole entire time I was locked up. And, yeah. You know, just as I was in there and, you know, I, I just want, I, I know this, I know the uh, world that they trying to bring in to fruition. And I know my daughter is going to be growing up in that. So I want her to be as prepared psychologically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally as possible with this system that she's going to be growing up in, which she's already being indoctrinated to become, uh, you know, to become comfortable with already. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's one of the main reasons why when I do interact with my daughter, I make sure I try to instill in her, because, you know, she's still a kid and I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to give her a sensory overload because she's still growing up and she don't understand a lot of things, but she's an intelligent young lady. You know what I'm saying? She comprehends a lot of things. So I just, you know, feed her information, you know what I'm saying, in the um, best way for her to understand it. You know what I mean? I make sure mm-hmm. I do that for her because I, I just want her to be prepared. And I do little stuff just like, you know, just boosting her confidence, you know what I mean, informing her on stuff what's going on because she asks me a lot of questions all the time. So I just make sure I just try to, uh, whenever she asks me some questions, I just try to, I figured out ways to, um, you know, saying give her information in the yes. best way to where she can comprehend it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, without overloading it too much, because I don't want to, you know what I'm saying, put too much on it. Because I also want my daughter to be able to use her own mind, and I want her mm-hmm. to come to her own conclusions. And I don't want to indoctrinate her. I just want to put her up on game, so to speak lace her with right. some good info so she can know the best information to make. And I always tell my daughter to question everything, even what I tell you. Because I, I want yeah. her to, what, the main, this is the main thing I want I instill into my daughter, and I suggest we all do this to our children. We want to instill in our children, I instill in my daughter, her right to have her own thoughts. Okay. And to be willing to, and to express those thoughts. I, I instill in my daughter to the the uh because you know if you pay attention they tip it away. I still in my daughter the value, you know, the value of the freedom of speech yeah. and the freedom of thought. Because she's gonna be growing up in a society where she's not gonna she's gonna be uh living in a society where our kids are absolutely not gonna be able to have any freedom of thought or any freedom of speech. So I want well, I, I also instill her to have the courage to say what's on her mind and speak how she feels and, you know, and not be afraid to do that because of somebody might be offended by it or you don't feel like it will make you fit in or something like that. Also, like I said, I'm still in her to have her own mind. That's what's important. Okay. So we'll take a break and we're going to stop it right there, but we'll be right back with 
The man, the CEO, the founder of I Real Talk Media LLC. We will be right back with more on man of what we would call that's on the scene with some real truths. Okay, we'll be right back after this.
All right, y'all, I'm back right now. You're listening in on Lottie Miss Clardy and company on Blog Talk Radio. And you was hearing a piece of me on You Got It Going On. And this this radio program that we have in the night behind the scenes here, behind the inside story of Virgil Berry, he got it going on. And if I had not said anything about what he is all about far as in his small bio, he is from Columbus, Ohio. He's 40 years old. He's an independent content creator, photographer, videographer, independent journalist, private investigator. And, you know, and of course, he had already opened up and let us know that he was incarcerated, but he came out fighting with all his shiny armor on to make a change and a difference in this world in which we live. And, you know, we just want to give that thanks for people that, you know, is wanting to do good in their life. And this is one of them. And he's definitely a star rising. So we are back. Now, if you want to have, you know, come in and listen in, you know, we're going to be not too long from now doing a Q&A. And if you have any questions for Mr. Virgil Berry, please, by all means, have it to say. Call in at the call-in number of 845-277-9302. That number again is 845-277-9302. And we're back on the scene here on the Inside Story with Virgil Berry. Mr. Berry, are you still there? Yes, ma'am. All right. Yes. Now we can move on to the next. Well, now let's see here. You know, we done talk about that beautiful daughter of yours and what you want, you know, uh, the audience to understand about questioning everything and your daughter to grow up, you know, to have her own mind and to question things too, even you. What about, you know, uh, why do you feel the need to be a positive role model for young men, you know? That may have, that may some way, you know, head down the wrong path. What, what's up with that? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, like I said earlier, if I'm going to sound 40 years young, let's just get that out the way right there. I'm 40 years young, not 40 years old. Okay, well, question. Well, I question everything. <laughs> so you, so you young. Well, well. All right, now come on with it. <laughs> nah, but, um, like I said earlier, though, uh, you know, I grew up Columbus, Ohio, on the north side. I was ring. I was in the streets. I was exposed to stuff that I, you know, I ain't going to say I shouldn't be exposed to because I wasn't the only one, but I just was exposed to a lot of stuff at a young age, and I got into the lifestyle that I got into to let me get into going to prison. And, um, you know what saying, what made me want to be a, a – role model for uh, young, other uh, young guys because, you know, I know how it is. It's like, and when I had got to prison, uh, mm-hmm. I start, what I started noticing is that it was a whole bunch of young boys coming in. Now, when I had got locked up this time, when I just did the six and a half years, I was 27. Okay. I noticed there was a lot of young guys coming in, 18, 19, 20, young, young boys coming in. Uh, you know, I felt when I was in prison, what better way to, you know, 
give back a little bit, make a little amends, just to like, you know, say if I could possibly not even so much as try to guide nobody, but just just drop some information or just be a be right, a, right. Um, yeah. You know, say be a different, be a different, uh, put a put out a different perception for the young guys yeah. in prison. Cause, you know, you in prison, they're exposed yeah. to a lot of same stuff that was going on when they was in the streets, and it's just a real crazy environment there. So I just, yeah. you know, what I mean. Yeah. And what I also noticed was this: like a lot of young guys, like myself, we just really be thirsting for guidance because most of us grew up without a father in our life, and we just need guidance, and we we yearn for that guidance from men. Yeah, and yeah. from another man, you know what I'm saying? So when I was in prison, I was like, let me go ahead and just, uh, you know what I'm saying, when I talk to these young brothers, I ain't going to refer to no, nothing about what I used to do in the streets or, or glorify like it was something to be proud of. Whenever I talked about it, I would always yeah. hit it, but look where it got me, and it wasn't nothing worth it and all of that, though, you know what I'm saying? Plus, you know, we need all young guys to be men out here, man, and, you know. Right. I, I felt like, you know what I'm saying, it was my duty, my obligation to when I interact with young guys, especially while being in prison, is to be the de- best definition of a of a man that they that I could possibly be. And maybe All that right. would influence them to like, you know what I'm saying, maybe that would influence them to have a change of thought, you know what I'm saying? We don't have to have the same yeah. thought process, you know. The yeah. world is bigger than the hood where you from, whatever city you from. That's very good. That's very good. Well, you know, um, we're, 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 we're moving on down the way here. Well, ain't no sense of saying what you doing as a, you know, as an active member in your community, because you're being active and that's a proactive way of being. Yes. So we appreciate that. We, we, we do, we need our, our men, our young men, you know, and we need some positive role models in this world. And so my hat's off to you, Mr. Barry, for, you know, you know, putting yourself out there to help to pave the way and to give them the signs of which way to go in positive life for themselves. So the, the last thing that I want to say before I bring in a Q&A is what is the mainstream media's pushing? What is the mainstream media pushing from the public that leads to in, misinformation? Deception and illusions. Explain. Give you three minutes to the on that. Right there, just what you said. Explain that. Like I said, deceptions and illusions, man. The reason why I say that is because everything we see in the media is built to give us the perception of uh, what's going on and what it actually is when it actually isn't. I just graduated mm-hmm. from media school last year at Ohio Media School. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, uh, me learning about audio and video and how the radio uh, works and mm-hmm. the stuff that they can do with the technology they have, it, it, it just gave me further insight on how the illusion is being played on us all to levels that, like, you know, we don't even comprehend or don't even realize what's going on. Yeah. So, and the the mainstream, and I call it the mainstream media, is because their sole purpose is to misinform you, disinform you. Their sole purpose for what they're doing is to not tell you the truth or tell you half-truths or tell you uh, lies disguised as truth. You know what I mean? And uh, when you think about the people who own the media, you know what I'm saying, and 
the effect that it has on us all. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it's so designed it to deceive you with illusions and deception. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, that's perfect. It's that's... also designed to stop you from using your ability to critically think and just believe what you told without oh. question. Now, that is some, that, well, you got some truth on that, you know what I mean? And if people don't uh, ask questions, they don't have any anybody challenging them. So, you know, we, we're starting to have people that come up like you and I and others that, you know, talk on subjects that may not be popular, but it's, it's educational enough for to start the, what Arsenio Hall would call the, Hmm, syndrome. You do you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think that you with the shows that you perform, you know what I'm saying? You're doing an excellent job in the in the in the field that you are called to do. And I am saying you keep doing the darn thing. You hear what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, you know, if we don't have somebody out there that can help to bring what we call a balance to how, you know, the, 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 the media and also us as we the people are played, we wouldn't be able to dissect the difference. So we do, we need a, a balance of both, you know, whether they're an illusion or not. We still need people that can bring the truth and bring it and not be afraid to show, you know, what's necessary in order to dissect what's an illusion and what isn't. So, you know, I appreciate you with that for sure. Right. And so what I'm getting ready to well, do is open up this floor. You know, I want to thank you. You know what I mean? I'm going to open up this floor and see if there's somebody that wants to uh, ask you any questions or have comments or something to what we have. And as I said before, you have questions or comments and you're listening in, call in at this call-in number of Eight four five two seven seven nine three zero two. You have listened in on the inside story behind Virgil Berry, you know, and you know, if you got questions, I'm opening up the floor now. And the first one I'm opening up the floor now is the last four digits and the first area code is six one four and the last four digits is eight three nine eight. Caller, you are on the air. Do you have any questions or comments? Caller, 614-8398. Are you on the line? Okay, you have any questions or comments that you want to ask the gentleman? Yes, Mr. Baird. My name is Ricky Crowley, and I I would eager to, to, to listen in on um, the issues that I, I, I felt that you would bring. Um, yes, I, I, I want to know that during your time doing incarceration, uh, was it the first or the, the, last, the last incarceration that you felt like you wanted to get it together? Because obviously you said, you know, um, it's you uh, three times, or I forget how many times you said you were a convicted felon and been in prison. But I, what I wanted to know was how many, uh, how long, how many times in prison did it take for you to change your mindset? Your mindset. 
that, that's a real good question. I'm, not, I'm here. Just, Can you just, hear me? Just a minute. Just a minute. Uh, sir, you know, Mr. Ricky, that, that whatever that's going on in the background is, 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 is starting to smudge for, you know, the, the, for the listeners. We can't hear you oh, when you've okay, got a lot going on. Okay, I'm driving. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Mr. Barry, I just wanted to know that how many times did it take for you? Well, I mean, was it the first or the last time incarcerated that you felt that there was so much more that you could gather in society uh, um, within yourself, you know, thinking about your life and how you had led your life, um, that you thought about changing your mindset? Right, right. Like I said, that, that's a good question. Thank you for that, brother. Uh, it was definitely the last one. Like I said, I've been to prison three times. And the first two, I was still a young young man, and I was still involved with what I was doing. Mind you, I didn't have my daughter either, so I was just uh, still wilding out. But that last time, I had my daughter. I was I just got sentenced to six and a half years, so I was going to be gone for, like, basically the first six, seven years of my daughter's life. And I wanted to make sure that uh, I make the necessary changes while I'm here for this time for not only one, to be a great father and the representation of a man for her, which I'm still currently working on, so she can have a best example of a father and a man and a dad and all of that. But also, so I could, you know what I mean, so I could better myself. Because, you know, I was like, man, I'm about to be gone for a long time. Things going to change drastically in the next five six weeks, which they had, and I wanted to make sure I was prepared for that when I came home, so I wouldn't be, as they say, institutionalized. That's why I kept reading while I was in there. I taught myself about a lot of different things. I know, like I taught myself copyright law in there. I taught myself libel law in there. You know, I taught myself all different types of physics in there. Like I said, I was blessed to be in places where I had access to books and outside access to knowledge to, or information so I could get books and periodicals and whatever I needed sent in so I could keep my mind sharp. And, and that was one of my main, my main focus. So it was definitely the last one. But like I said, I had my daughter. I wanted to make sure I could be a good father for her and be in my right mind and also just for myself because, like I said, I was doing the, the amount of time to where I knew society was going to change. From when I I got locked up in 2010, I didn't come home until 2016. Society definitely drastically changed within that six years. And had I had the mind frame of still wanting to be a dope boy, be in the streets, out of there's no telling where I would I would probably most likely be locked back up by now. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely that last trip, that last trip okay. around is the one that like I got to get it together. Is there anything else, sir, that you want to say to me? Yeah, I, I truly tilt my hat to you, Mr. Barry. I, I think you're doing a great job. I think uh, I, I, I believe that uh, you um, have have the, the insight to help any of you know brothers here in society, man and female, you know, giving them some encouragement and, and giving them some information on your background. And, and where you were and where you're at, you're leading yourself um, and others, you know, who follow you today, man. And I, 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 like I said, I tell my hat to you. Thank you. Well, all right. Well, you know, we want to thank you, you know, for, for coming on to the show and, and sharing your comments. 
And uh, at, at this particular time, what we're going to do is, uh, you know, go on another break. And then we will come back with uh, Mr. Virgil Berry. And, you know, we're going to find out how we can uh, get to get a contact information on his show and all that that is involved with him. And caller, I am so happy that you did give a call and make yourself known to communicate. Thank you very much. And uh, we will be communicating again. Um, anyone else that wants to have any questions for Ms. Virgil Berry, please call in at the call-in number of 845 Two seven seven nine three zero two. That number again is eight four five two seven seven nine three zero two. And we will be back after this. Surviving the good and the bad 
Talk Radio, and we are with the inside story behind your Barry, yes. And I want to thank all of you out there that have tuned in to listen in on Lardy, Miss Clardy, and company on Blog Talk Radio, Radio. and I look forward to you to come back because we have another interesting story that's about ready to happen over here you know, real soon, and I want you to come on back. I will put that information out, and then look for you all to be a part of that one on the 24th. Yes, on the 24th of April, there is another show. Yes, at 7.30 Pacific Time, 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. If you have any questions that you want to ask, uh, Mr. Virgil Berry, and at this time, it will be great that you can call in at the call-in number of 845-227, I mean, excuse me, 277-9302, going too fast, 845-277-9302. And for the next caller that I see on the roster here is 614 Caller, you are on the line. Welcome to Lardy Miss Clardy and Company on Blog Talk Radio. Do you have any comments or questions? This is the time to do it. 614. Yes, are you there? All right. Well, we're going on to the next. 951 area code. Three seven seven two, caller. Are you on the line? Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy and Company on Blog Talk Radio. You have a question for Mr. Virgil Berry or comment? This is the time to do it. All right, nine five one. Going once, going twice. Well, it seems as though that we have people that just want to listen in, but that's all right. We're getting ready to go on back online with Mr. Virgil Berry. And Mr. Virgil Berry, are you still there with me? Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, you know, I think people are just wanting to listen in tonight, you know what I mean? But that's okay. Um, but here, yes, all good. They did get an earful. So I would like you to tell us how we can get in contact with you, how we can, how if people want to collaborate with you on anything of interest when it comes to you, can you please uh, give us a way to be able to contact you? All right, well, of course, if anybody wants to possibly uh, collaborate with me in any form or fashion, uh, a one-on-one with me, uh, of course, just hit me up on my email at A-R-T-M-E-D-I-A-L-L-C at yahoo.com. That's artmediaLLC 
LLC at yahoo.com. Of course, I have uh, various social engineering slash media platforms. I'm on Facebook. Just type in my name, Virgil Berry. Instagram, uh, Art Media at, at Art Media LLC. That's A R T M E D I A L L C. Uh, let's see, on TikTok, uh, mm-hmm. Art underscore Media underscore. No, hold on, hold on, my fault. Uh, TikTok is, is A underscore Real underscore Talk underscore Podcast. Okay. All right. Anything else that you want to do if people want to collaborate with you? Is those the same, you know, addresses and um, medias that they can get in contact with you as well? Uh, no, that's if you want to, if you're really interested in getting in contact with me, just hit me up on the email. I'll check my email numerous times throughout the day, so I'll see it. And that's A-R-T-M-E-D-I-A-L-L-C at yahoo.com. Okay. Well, last words that you have for, you know, the listeners, you know, that are listening in on your, on your, um, on your story here, you know, what would you want to inform the public about and what to do to protect themselves from? Uh, I'll just inform y'all that uh, my, my main thing I always tell everybody is to question everything. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when in question everything, always ask yourself this question. Whenever you see anything that they're telling us through this mainstream, mainstream media, the first thing you should always ask yourself in the process of remaining a questioning person is qui bono. Yes. Wow. Qui bono. That is Latin for who benefits. Who benefits. Who benefits from us believing what we're being told to believe about whatever we're being told to believe about through the media, the lamestream, mainstream media at that. Who benefits from it? Key uh, like case in point, who benefits from us believing what we're being told to believe about what just happened in New York? Okay, that's a good one. Give them give them one minute on that. Let's 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 get a one minute and a half of a synopsis on what you just got finished saying about New York. That'll help. Oh yeah, and, uh, oh, I don't even know. I'm sitting here tripping. I don't even know. I thought another way that y'all can get in contact with me or to check out my content. I can't believe I even forgot this. This is crazy. Yeah. Of course, of course, my YouTube page, which is A Real Talk Podcast on YouTube. That's A Y E R E A L T A L K Podcast. A Real Talk Podcast on YouTube. I just literally uploaded a video discussing the very topic and subject that I just mentioned. That's what um, I want to say. Give them a little synopsis. About a minute and a half. I can give a brief synopsis. Um, When when it comes to this stuff and through the media, the first thing that you want to inform yourself and educate yourself about is um, a thought process or ideology which is known as the Hegelian dialectic. Some of y'all may be familiar with that. Some guy named George Hegel came up with this concept hundreds of years ago, and it's still uh, being used today. Nowadays, Mm -hmm. we call it PRS, Problem Reaction 
solution theory, right? Theory. Now, they say to put the theory on there to put the mystique with it, but it's problem, reaction, solution. You know what I mean? Right. That as as in relation to what's going on in New York, right? Present the problem, the problem, or create the environment where certain problems can most likely occur, right? Right. To get a certain reaction so you can then come up with the solution to said problem. Now, this is a process and a procedure that's been used for a long, long time. And when I say about this whole situation, or as is with any, I could go down the list, Sandy Hook, Columbine, 9-11, Boston Marathon. I mean, I could just keep going. All of these are pure prime examples of problem, reaction, solutions. You know I got I mean? to get and you back the, on the show. I got to get you back yeah. on the show. I hope to have you back on the show again to talk deeper about P S. I mean P R S theory. I yeah. got to get you back on the show. I hope that you will come back onto the show. Oh, it's no problem at all. You, no problem. I have enjoyed you immensely. You know what I mean? Getting to know you, Virgil Berry, you but the man right. behind the stories created. You know, that's live stuff, you know what I mean? And I'm so proud, you know, to have this opportunity and so honored to have this opportunity to communicate with you. And I look forward to seeing you again. So I'm going I'm going to shut it down and, you know, and, and create some more. And we're going to talk and hopefully you'll come back again. But thank you for coming on to Lardy, Miss Clardy and Company on Blog Talk Radio. And, you know, we will have our time to talk again. And to the audience, thank you for coming and listening in on Lardy, Miss Clardy and Company on Blog Talk Radio. I look forward to seeing you all again here for the next show and perhaps the show that's coming up soon for another episode of Behind the Business. So, and who knows?